Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic starting now. Hey guys, this is Sean Bolger, host of Exploring Series, and this particular episode is Exploring the Prophetic. And something I've never done on all of these shows is just share candidly why I love the prophetic and why I'm doing this show. And so I think you're going to really enjoy this. You're going to hear some of my background story and also uh, the why, the why behind the show. We've interviewed now over 150 guests who've all shared how the prophetic has made a difference in their own life and the world around them. And I'm going to just share how it's made a difference in my life and the world around me. So stay tuned. Coming up next is me sharing a little of my story. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bowls team. I want to tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. If you work for a living or run your own business and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through BowlsMinistries.com. You'll receive a signed copy, a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through BowlsMinistries.com. Grab your copy today. Welcome back. I'm so excited to share with you today just because I've had so many questions. You know, we've had thousands of people from around the world listening, actually millions listening to this uh, podcast. And in the context of that, with over you know seven and a half million downloads, I know many of you are wondering, where did this guy come from? Who is he? Why is he interviewing people about this? Some of you are familiar with our ministry and some of you are not. We have a ministry called Bowles Ministries that my wife and I founded and we've been connected to some great great ministry uh, networks and groups. We've also led a, a ministry network called Young Leaders Coalition or LoveCo. And it's uh, emerging pastors from around the world who are under the age of, or when we started, we're under the age of 35 now. Now they're all different ages because it's been going on for 11 uh, years or so. And uh, before all this started, I grew up with my parents who had such a hunger and a passion for just the supernatural touch of God, what God could do that no human being could do. My parents had this hunger because before they were saved, uh, they had both a daughter and then a son and, and their son, his name was Guy, my brother, he got leukemia and he ended up passing away. And when he passed away, he had such a deep connection to God without my parents having that connection. My parents were Catholic, but they weren't really practicing. They just went on, you know, certain holidays. And all of a sudden they were asking these huge questions and they had an encounter at his death with an angel, what they believe now to be an angel. And it really spurred them into hunger. Like, okay, God, you're real. This is real. That's their story to tell. And you could read it in my keys and his economy book as well. It kind of goes through that story. But what I love about it is that my parents got involved uh, immediately after that with a group called the Vineyard Christian Fellowship in Southern California, where my dad was stationed. My dad was a military colonel. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And she ended up having two more children, my sister Jennifer, and then I after my brother died. So she had four, or they had four children total. And my dad and mom just started to read the Bible, like insatiably and pray. My mom became charismatic uh, right away, started speaking in tongues, believing in prophecy, believing in healing. 
And my dad also was believing a lot of that, but didn't have a lot of personal experience other than the initial encounter that they had right after Guy had passed away. So they ended up meeting John Wimber and going to, who was a leader, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, and going to his home group. I think it was his very first home group he had started. And during that time, it just gave them such a hunger to see what God could do, how God could change people's lives, how God could transform someone's whole family system. And they were transformed. And they had such a passion for that that they actually brought you know, people into our home that they, there was no youth group and my sister was a teenager. So they started kind of like a youth home group. And, you know, we were little kids running around and they were practicing, just seeing what God would do, what was in the Bible and they would teach on it and then practice it. And so I was exposed to this, especially Cindy, who I really looked up to and all of her friends, I was exposed to this at a young age that God can speak. And they would ask Jennifer and I, what are you guys getting? What's God showing you? And so we would pray for people as well. And we'd pray for resolution of situations. We would pray for healing. We'd pray for empowerment. And it was really profound to grow up that way. So I always had a closeness and a nearness to God. I remember I got saved at three and a half years old. I was really hungry to see what God could do from that point, just like my parents were. I, I adopted their hunger, so to speak. But when I was a teenager, I realized my parents had left some really hard lives in the world, their family systems and structures. There was a lot of just problems and, uh, you know, just stuff that happens when you're not walking with God and you're not, <laughs> and you're walking for yourself. There was a lot of um, just emotional abuse and some abuse and stuff that would, had happened in their background. And so I felt like watching them leave the world, they had left all of their desire for anything that would be, you know, in the world behind. And we would go to conferences and meetings and churches and church meetings and all these things, but we didn't really see how our Christianity affected the world around us we really only saw how our Christianity affected church. And I was really hungry from the time I was young to see if God could make a difference with my friends and family. Now, since saying that, my parents were amazing. They they would evangelize people in our neighborhood and take them through inner healing and deliverance and couple counseling and, and do premarital counseling. They did so much that actually did affect the community around them. But I was hungry to see if the kingdom could affect things like systemic poverty or, or racism, or if it could affect what communism was failing was a teenager who would affect those places where communism was failing. If the gospel would be a great, you know, if there'd be a window where we could see the same things we're seeing in conferences, like healing and prophecy and transformation, if the gospel made a difference and places where justice was so hard to find. And so I kind of went on a mission at the same time. I wanted to see if I could hear God in the same way I was hearing him in our church meetings and youth group. If I could hear him in powerful ways that could affect you know, the world around me at school or, or, you know, in, in places where God's voice would make a real difference. And so I just was pretty radical, pretty passionate. I remember getting grounded from bringing homeless people home because we brought so many home and I got grounded from going to the red light district and evangelizing. <laughs> so I feel bad looking back for my parents because most kids are getting, you know, grounded because they're partying and I was getting grounded because I was going to dangerous places, seeing if the kingdom works. And the beautiful thing is, you know, we found a middle ground with my parents and I, but we saw the kingdom does work. And I had some really key relationships come into my life who gave me a lot of courage and a lot of strength and really trained me to believe for this. Now, when I say all of this, I didn't think uh, about prophets and apostles and fivefold ministers and people who are in ministry have having an appointment from God. I wasn't, I was a teenager. So I was just thinking, does our faith and everything that's in the Bible and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that Paul says, go after the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because they prove love in first Corinthians 14, one, especially prophecy. I was just going after because the Bible said to, and as I did, I started to see, and I, see, I guess I started to have that hunger satisfied that says, yes, 
Jesus works everywhere. He works with the poorest and the richest people. I was around some some level of creative people growing up and some of them were in entertainment. And then I was also around poor people. I was just, I've put myself in situations. I was around, you know, races that didn't always mix together or people that weren't always connected at school or even after school, people that were kind of like not a fit. I would help them fit together because of the kingdom. And it was so beautiful to watch God work that it made me really ambitious and hungry to see what else could happen in my lifetime with the kingdom of God, with the Holy Spirit coming through my life. And so I started to say, wow, I, I'm not very gifted in the prophetic. I'm not very gifted with healing or any of these things, but I am determined that these gifts can work on the earth. So I'm going to go after them. And so I did things like some of you have heard me say this, where I you know, tried to practice the prophetic because there was people around me who were so gifted. They would have visions or dreams or encounters all the time, it seemed, in our charismatic circles. And I just didn't like, I would wake up and be like, I didn't dream anything last night. Or if I did, I, I don't know what it was. So I'd pray and say, God, give me a dream. And anytime I remember any details, even if it doesn't feel like it's you, I'm going to write it down and see if we're going to interpret it. And then I started to think, wow, I'm not really prophesying a lot. I don't have a lot of opportunity other than two services a week. So I'm going to start to try and practice once a day to pray with someone for, with a prophetic intention to prophesy over them. And so I thought, I'm, I don't want to just, you know, I don't know if I'm very good at prophetic evangelism, so to speak. We didn't even have that terminology then, but uh, but I know I can I can talk to people in our church because they're hungry for you. So I'm gonna just look through the church directory back before internet days, find a name, call them up, and say I'm part of your church, and I hope that uh, you'll let me pray for you. I'm praying and learning how to grow in the prophetic or hearing God's voice. Can I pray for you? And I did this, you guys. We had thousands of people in our church, so I did the whole directory in about a year. And, you know, there was good, bad, and ugly that happened. Some people were like, no, I don't want that. And then other people were like, oh, that's cute. And just patronized me. Other people were so gripped by God and it really changed their life. And then sometimes it was just spiritual encouragement or just natural encouragement with a spiritual twist. And I had to learn the difference of what was God, what was me, what was my desire to help people, what was God's desire to help people. You know, I had to handle rejection, which was in, in the midst of believers in the family and the community I belong to, because it was so vast, we didn't know each other. There was thousands of people, like I said, we didn't all know each other. And so for somebody to call you up randomly and say, I'm practicing hearing God's voice could be a really awesome thing where you go, that's amazing. Or it could be like, uh, you're wasting my time. I, I don't have time for this. I'm a mom. I have five kids. Leave me alone. And I had all those kinds of responses. So I didn't just learn about prophecy, but I learned about people. And it didn't make me discouraged, although I had a lot of rejection during that time in our local church, it made me actually realize we need this more than I think we need this because when there is a moment that's really awesome, and I didn't have thousands of moments that year, I had 10, you know, or 12 moments that were like, this is what I was made for. This is what we are all called to. We're called to connect to God. We're wired for this. When I had those moments, I realized anything's possible. And I thought, how can I live a lifestyle like this? How can I cultivate this more to where the God story is my normal versus the human story would seem to be my normal with a God story being rare. And I thought the only way I know to do this is that the violent take the kingdom by force. You just got to keep going. On top of that, I started to go to places of extreme poverty and also places like red light districts and places where, you know, around the world, go, going to dumps, going to places where people were really sick and praying for the sick and going to where there's no help. There's no therapist. There's no doctor. And just seeing if Jesus would show up. Cause I figured if I put myself in the worst situations where they only could get spiritual resolution, cause there's just not enough medicine to go around, God might show up. And so I brought friends with me and we went around the world. We went to Eastern Europe and it was really like to, to nowhere zones in Eastern Europe. I'm talking about like you hike 
after a bus drops you off for, you know, eight hours to get to a little village who hasn't seen a doctor in a year. You know, it just was crazy. I went to, you know, places in the Middle East. I went to places in South America, places in Mexico, and really saw God do things that then I was ruined because I saw that Jesus really is the chief justice of heaven. And he actually is going to have justice in every situation, at least in the end of the age, if not now. And so we start to see so many things. I mean, I was, I was prophesying and speaking to situations as a single man, a young man, I was speaking above my pay grade, above my understanding, above my intellect and God was using me. I felt like I was just a, um, a fountain of God that he flowed through. Like it wasn't me. It was him that I said yes to go. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll flow through you then. And so I, I started to experience this, you know, connection to God that I learned how to surrender and just let him speak. And I just learned how to hear and obey, which is one of the main keys of hearing God, learning how to practice the presence of God, learning how to practice prophecy is just trying to obey what you think you're hearing from God. And I learned that I don't hear like a lot of people who are called prophets in our generation who hear the audible or internal audible voice of God, or they see five to seven visions a day. That wasn't my story. And it was really frustrating because I thought, God, why did you give me such a passion and a hunger for this, but you didn't give me the gifting for it? I remember saying that over and over. And one day I realized, you know, 10, 12 years into it, he did give me the gifting, but I'm looking for it in one way that is, I think is very definitive and is very exciting. And I'm getting it another way, which is way more internal, way more impressions, instinct, intuition, discernment. And that was really something I had to graduate and go, you know, in my heart, this is enough. And I love what this brings to. And then I start to have some of those other kinds of encounters. Now I can count them on two hands twice, but I had some pretty profound encounters and visitations and things that happened throughout the years. But it started with that pursuit that he gave me that hunger inside of me. I remember at one point crying out to him saying, God, I so want to see you face to face. I'm so hungry for you. Don't you want this? And it was almost like he was laughing at me. I'm, I'm crying saying, God, I want you. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to see you. And he's laughing and said, I wanted this way before you ever did. And the desire that's inside of you is my desire in you. It's not your desire. And I said, prove it scripturally. That's what came out of my mouth. <laughs> and he did. He said, read John 17. And I heard it like internally audibly in my spirit. But it was kind of my voice. I was like, I, I don't know if this is God or not. And I read it and he's praying. Jesus is praying, Father, I desire them to be with me where I am, to see me. So they can know your glory and to be one as you as we're one. And I'm realizing like he prayed for us to encounter and see him before we ever prayed it. He wants that for us. And it changed everything where I went from striving and trying to get a certain type of gifting to actually being satisfied with the fact that I'm wired for this. We're all wired for this. And some people will have more gifting, just like there's people who can sing the, you know, the yellow pages and they sound so amazing, but I can still sing. I don't care that I can't be a professional singer on the stage. I love singing and singing has been one of the conduits or, the, or one of the beautiful uh, places of worship for me. And if I had to have performance on it to where I could only sing, if I was professional, I would never have that joy of music in my life that I so enjoy so much. And the prophetic is a little different because it's external or it's extroverted. But I said the same thing. I may not ever be like the people I see from platforms but I'm going to go for this and I'm going to train other people and give the other people courage to hear God's voice because I started to have this reoccurring uh, experience with God where I would see Martin Luther, the, the, the one who founded Protestant, uh, the Protestantism, and I would see him nailing his thesis to the Wittenberg door, which is back when he, if you don't know the story, that's how he basically was challenging the Catholic Church and said, we're main, mainly, he said many things, but mainly he said, we're justified 
by our own faith. We don't need, like in the Catholic Church, a priest to to mediate with God for us because we're our own priesthood, and we don't need someone to pray for us, repent for us, absolve us. The the cross and what Jesus did gave us connection to the Father. And I love Catholic people, but this is one of the differences of that we have is that we believe that we are our own priesthood and that in our own priesthood that we can go to the father for ourselves. And ultimately at the end of the age, when we see Jesus, he's not going to say, did you listen to everybody? Did you listen to them? He's going to say, did you listen to my heart of love, which came through many people and also came directly to you and through my Bible and through your prayer life. And, and so, so Martin Luther was, was basically saying, we need to be able to read the Bible because in those days people can even read the Bible for themselves. And so he printed the printing press had been invented maybe a hundred years before. And he printed out, English ver- or not English, but uh, modern versions of everyday language versions for people to read. And when people read these, it just was transformative. It caused a revival that lasted over a hundred years in a different way. And it was societal and it was, it was changing the foundation of how the world did church and saw God because before this, they only had art to look at, to interpret God for themselves or whatever the priest said. But after this, they could actually have their own encounter and experience. So why do I say this? Because in my experience, I felt like I God wanted us to be justified by our own faith in reading the Bible, that he wanted us to be justified by our own faith in praying, but he also wanted us to be justified by our own faith and being able to commune or connect to him to be able to hear his voice. John 10, my sheep hear my voice. John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus prophesies, you will hear my voice, or the voice of my Father through the Holy Spirit, which is his voice as well. And so I was so gripped with this, and I thought, I wonder why believers don't believe in this part of which is part of what God came to bring us bridge us relationship with him again. It's from the beginning. It was in the garden where they walked with God in the cool of the day, doing something with him that was so phenomenal serving his creation, but doing it as not just servant leaders or servant people, but as sons and daughters and that he restored us to that, that that's the language Jesus used again. Jesus came as the second Adam to restore us all day. So when I saw this in the scripture, I was fearless and I taught at Bible schools and and I taught at church and I taught in prophetic groups and young adults and youth and children and I, anywhere I could teach this. And it wasn't that I thought this was my primary calling. I just wanted people to be equipped in this area because I love that they could read the Bible for themselves, even though most believers don't, unfortunately. I love that we could pray with faith and I love that we could hear God's voice, that we could hear his perceptions, that we can know what he thinks about industries and regions and people groups and so I, you know, as, as time went on and as I got more and more known for this subject, um, I in favor for the subject and people, a lot of people in my spheres and circles, uh, you know, thought, wow, Sean's really gifted, which I don't know that I've ever been very gifted. I think I'm just hungry. And I believe, I think I have the gift of faith more than I have the gift of prophecy. I, I believe in the God of the Bible speaking to us. And I believe that all of us are called to that. And so I think, you know, for me, when I start to get known for that, I thought, a lot of eyes turn towards me in my ministry to be an answer for issues, whether it's over politics or I start getting called into things like uh, FBI agents or CIA agents were calling me for issues and saying, could you pray and ask God? And there were some incredible times, even in those experiences of being called by politicians and presidents and still have some of that happen, you know, call, have fortune 500, you know, CFOs or CEOs or chairman or chairwomen call me and ask me questions because they're desperate because there's, the world, both the poorest and the richest, are desperate for solutions that don't exist outside the spirit of God. A lot of the issues on the earth need spiritual resolution, not just natural resolution. And so people would look at me as a figurehead of maybe someone who could answer some of those problems. And I I remember just, you know, standing in that going, 
it's not enough for me to be a prophetic voice. Like that's just never been my goal. Never been my, you know, I, I want to be a prophetic voice to help the people that I'm called to, but I don't want to be an example poster boy or just an individual that people look at like it's rare. And when I, when I saw people turn their eyes towards me, I remember talking to our team and going, guys, I just, I don't want to be a poster boy. I want everyone to have the access to this. And I, I don't being, you know, teaching on the prophetic and speaking for the prophetic isn't even my primary calling. I'm actually called to be creative and do stuff in the entertainment industry. And I'm a teacher that is part of it. And for the prophetic is part of it, but it's not, it's not the only thing I'm not just, you know, that's not my one hit wonder single hit. It's just something I do out of passion, but I've been now identified by this. And because I've been identified by this, people are getting the wrong impression. And they're looking to me as like, you know, an Old Testament prophet versus a son of God, a brother, you know, somebody who they could actually is just an example of what's available. And so I said, well, I don't know what to do. And Jeremy, who works for me, he's part of our team. He said, you know, Sean, I feel like if we have a podcast, because right now we were we were traveling at the time to have 37, 35 uh, tour stops a year for our own ministry. And then we're going, you know, another 15 to 20 times for other ministries, a big conference, some of the biggest churches in the world I spoke at during those years before pre COVID, you know, we were speaking all around the world and uh, also doing a lot of our own events. And he said, I love our events. And he was the one who helped instigate and form those and make them so beautiful. I said, but I feel like you need to be with people regularly where they can feed off of this kind of message you have. And I feel like that would be done well in a podcast. And I said, I laughed, you guys, I laughed. And I said, a podcast, why would I ever do a podcast? And he said, because people will listen to it weekly in the gym or they'll listen to it, you know, while they're driving their kids to and from school or they'll listen to it while they're doing dishes or whatever. They'll listen to it in their work at a break or whatever. They'll, and you'll start to, they'll get a sense for what God's doing. And it won't just be one time a year they can go and access you or read a book once, but you can do life with them and help encourage them. And as soon as he said it, I just started to think, you know, part of my message of learning how to hear God's voice and then translate it for yourself and the world around you, which has been one of the key kind of uh, terminologies that I've helped coin uh, out of passion. I would thought we need to tell the story of that. How do we tell the story for people who are listening to where they could see themselves in the story? They can have faith that they can hear God too. I thought we need to interview people. We have to interview people from all walks of life. It has to be the mom who has an autistic son all the way to the fortune 500 business person to the person who's doing anti-human trafficking to the person who's heard God, who is, doesn't normally hear God who's just a businessman and stopped something, a crime in a city to the people who I know that are stopping, you know, helping to find missing people. Like I wanted to put on display for your faith to be built people from every genre so that their story could preach a thousand sermons to you each week. And so I thought, wow, I already know so many people like we're, I think we're like 150 episodes deep in, and I have so many more stories to introduce you to. And they're all relevant in different ways for different people who are listening. But I think we've had so many great stories and they're so believable because they're people who don't all normally talk about their stories and they're not making money off of their stories. They're not they're not um, professional ministers that, you know, for the most part, I think we've had uh, maybe 20% as professional ministers, which are also relevant as well to listen to. But a lot of the other ones are people who haven't shared this kind of story. As a matter of fact, I'll have to sometimes talk to them in advance and be like, I know you haven't done this before. It's going to be organic. We're just going to be, it's just you and me. We're just sharing stories, you know, and we're, we're sharing stories that people could be empowered to see a glimpse of what it is to walk out hearing God's voice in your kind of sphere. And that gives them faith to walk out hearing his voice in their sphere. 
And it's been so incredible. And I've learned, and I, I remember telling God the first week saying, I want to learn through these stories. I'm going to go on the journey of a learner. I don't want to sound like an expert. I don't want to sound like I know what's going on every time. I want to ask friends and people who are in our kind of network of relationships, especially in places that, you know, are different than us. I want, I want to be able to ask them the story of how is Jesus and hearing his voice made a difference in your life. And I want people to to hear something they've never heard before. And I want to hear things I've never heard before so I can grow. And that's been happening so much. I've just been so excited to hear these stories now for a couple of years. And just, you know, sometimes we're making decisions or we're, we're thinking of, you know, um, especially of directional decisions at times. And I'm like, you know, God, are you going to speak to us about this? Or can you, is this something that we could hear you on? And I remember one of the stories from somebody who's been on the podcast, you know, me as the host, I'm remembering stories that give me faith. And so I'm hoping that as we've launched this show, that you can hear my heart behind it, that uh, I am an everyday guy, <laughs> a normal guy. I like video games and popular culture, especially Marvel superheroes and Star Wars, like that kind of stuff. I'm a normal guy with two, you know, I'm a dad, a husband, two kids, two beautiful kids. And we live on a mini farm in Los Angeles and we're doing entertainment projects and I do entertainment consultant, uh, you know, or I am an entertainment consultant for projects, both faith-based and non-faith-based. And I'm producing some stuff myself, produce some TBN shows. Like we just finished one that you could watch uh, called discovering God. And so I'm a teacher as well, a biblical teacher. And I love the prophetic and I love how hearing God's voice can change our lives and change our world. And I'm just, I just won't ever apologize for loving it as much as I love it. But I don't claim to be an Old Testament type of a prophet or a voice that everybody needs to hear. But what I do produce is content that helps you to feel empowered yourself, to help, that helps you to see what maybe hearing God's voice is like from someone who may be a step ahead to five years ahead of you and give you the courage to see how it may work for you and to hear language from other people. Because everyone who's been on our show and describes how they hear from God, it feels so different, but similar. And I love how we're all wired for this, but it's a unique wiring. Like there's no two relationships that are the same. There's, uh, you know, between human beings, there's no two love stories that are the same. Well, the way we hear from God, it's not the same, but it's similar. And so when we hear each other, faith comes by hearing. And I sure hope that through this podcast, you're getting a lot of faith. And if you haven't listened to some of the episodes, look back and just see if there's anyone who's like you in some of the titles and descriptions. Is there anybody, any story you want to hear about that may give you faith and look back and listen to some of those because they're timeless. Some of these stories are so timeless. Like look back and say, maybe I need to listen to that one because even episode number one was Cindy Jacobs, where she shares about some things that I grew from the first episode where I learned like, it's okay to actually go after when you hear from God or when you have a calling to go after it, not just to wait for it to happen to you. And that was like a huge one for me when I heard her, cause I was doing that in a way, but there was still part of me that was waiting to be invited into something that the Bible says we're already invited to. And that the prophetic words I've received, I was already invited to, but I was still waiting. And so I think even from episode one, I have grown. So I'm going to encourage you guys to go back and look for some of those episodes that by title or by person and see if they relate to you. And then with exploring the marketplace, our new podcast with Bob Hassan, for those of you who are in a career or a business or an entrepreneur, you're, even if it's a micro business or just a side hustle, you know, I'd encourage you to listen to it and hear these people who are coming from all walks of life. We've had venture capitalists and farmers, people who are, you know, school teachers and lawyers and uh, doctors. And so we haven't just had like, I'm starting a business, but we've had people from all walks of life just telling the story of how God showed up in their world. And some are really well known, like Michael Hyatt, but some are really 
totally unknown. Like our friend who's a farmer in Oregon who was a nurse and she became, she inherited her parents' farm and she had a God strategy on how to do it. And she's in the beginning of like, you know, the entrepreneurship of taking it to 2.0 and hearing her story or hearing both of their stories was so important and practical for me. So I'm going to encourage you to go back, listen to some of the old episodes, but also subscribe to all of the podcasts because Exploring the Marketplace is also relevant. And we also throw in Exploring the Industry episodes. Usually uh, each season that we do Exploring the Industry, we have 10 to 20 new episodes where we're talking to people in the entertainment industry about how God's working there as well, which is so fascinating. So thanks for being on the journey. Those of you who've been on for a while with me, I want to thank you for being explorers. That's what someone coined. You know, one of our listeners said, I'm an explorer, which meant I'm ex- I'm in the exploring series with you. And I'm I'm not just a fan. I'm somebody who's exploring God with you. I'm exploring the prophetic with you. I love that. That that's kind of like the unofficial fan club name, so to speak, is we're the explorers. And thank you for rating and reviewing this and making this so palatable. And like just in the the Apple app store alone, we have 2,100 ratings. I can't even imagine. That's like the mega churches have 2,100 ratings. We're just this little ministry that just believes that God wants to do something. And you guys have helped people to see us in the Google Play Store and that, you know, and in and, and SoundCloud and Spotify and all these places. Thank you. And for those of you who are new to us, welcome aboard. Come be explorers with us. Explore these themes and let's go on the, the journey of life together as we're seeking to bring the word and bring God's messages in palatable ways to the world around us. Thank you for listening. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transcend God Mentoring, where you receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more. Or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.